0: Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach, and this is MZ Car Guys podcast. You can reach us on all the social media at MZ Car Guys,
1: or drop us a line at MZ uh, at gmail.com. or find us on all the podcasts, which obviously you've already done because you're listening to us. So we're Matt and I had this discussion, and. We figure four is better than two, so we're going to do mid-engine all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. I, I I think they're all all-wheel drive at this point.
0: And this is yeah. not the place to get into a discussion about the two of those and how they're different. But that's probably better safe for a different topic
1: well but. actually i i can i can give it a, a – I, I can actually be succinct with this uh thanks in huge part to uh the fast lane truck uh do you mind if I do this real quick sure
0: you haven 't been succinct before i 'd like to see
1: the that new side of you <laughs> uh thanks matt um anyways so all wheel drive Power being able to sent, power being able to be sent to all four wheels, directly from the transmission, and from the output of the transmission to the rotating of the wheels, it's a direct one to one. Four wheel drive is actually using the transfer case, and other uh, and, and and or other devices. To actually do a gear reduction between the transmission and the actual wheels. Hmm. Even when oh, you're in yeah. four high? Succinct. Even when you're in four high. Huh, good to know. Okay. I like that.
0: Succinct. We can... <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Um so <laughs> why so why why is it? Why is why is mid engine all wheel drive a thing? Sort of worth discussing, right? What is what's what's the big deal?
1: Uh, well, uh, as of just the other day, I'd say the big deal is three hundred and four miles per hour. Um, <laughs> I I would say that it's, um, you know, most of the, uh, most of the records at the Nurburgring, are by, all-wheel drive vehicles. Um, it, it, that are mid-engine, so I okay. Mean, it's, it's, okay. So it's it's concentrating all of the all of the weight as far inboard as possible, with the power delivery being spread out across the platform as much as possible.
0: Um, and and by weight, you're primarily referring, referring to the engine and transmission, which sits inboard of the of the, of the axles.
1: Yeah exactly. yeah. so okay. I mean, you're able to actually you know do it an inboard okay. and stuff like that. Okay. but I mean, I mean, j- just if you go with the list of, of all of the vehicles that are all-wheel drive and mid-engine, I mean, it's the tops of the top. Uh,
0: yes for the most part i think there are some there are some notable n- and significant exceptions to that rule some incredibly high performance rear wheel drive management cars um such as the la Ferrari and the Macla- and everything mclaren does um for example that that aren't on the list that are exceptional performance cars and exceptional around a track and in a straight line but but yeah. yeah, but there are there are some great all wheel drive cars out there, and they're definitely worth worth discussing
1: well and and I think that if you're looking for a pure driver's car, like you know just someone who how do I put this like i I would seriously doubt that you're going to get someone with say like a Lamborghini Aventador and that person wanting to, to do performance and so forth um, that, that person's not really going to be into performance per se um, as far as how do I put this? Well, right, right. I mean, but basically
0: the, the 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 stereotype is out there because it's mostly true, which is that the standard Aventador, the non-special edition models, you know, non SV, SVJ, that kind of stuff, the standard Aventador is a show car. It's a car it's a car for for to put it at a base, it's a car for peacocking, right? Which is why it has really wide rear tires, fairly narrow front tires, which creates understeer. Then they actually tuned it so the transmission would create more understeer, which helps prevent, you know, Joe Schmo, 10 figures in the bank or whatever it is. I mean, that's a ridiculous number, but um, eight figures in the bank from going in and taking a corner too hot and spinning the car 360 or 540 degrees and ending up at a wall. Right. Because when you understeer, if you panic, when you understeer and you brake, it corrects the line of the car and makes things turn out better, not worse.
1: Okay. So now, and and, and I know this is a huge generalization, which is (laughs) because, you know, a lot of people could get very upset by this particular line of speaking. Um, But for the most part, cars that are considered superior driver's cars. Um, let's say uh, the Ferrari F40. Let's say uh, the McLaren Senna. Um, let's say... I'll even throw this out there, although we don't know how it will drive yet um, for the most part. Um I would say the new C8 Corvette could be okay. on that list. Okay, certain trims of the C8 Corvette, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. the um the 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 more performance oriented the the right. the Z06 and the ZR1 when they eventually come out with a rumored 800 and 1000 horsepower respectively. Oh, love Americans.
0: Do over came is not widely used. This would be, but might be the first Z06 in history with a dual overhead cam. So, yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. more later. Yeah. But, uh, but but anyways, but, uh, drivers' cars, right? They're just different. They're special.
1: Yeah. Now I do have to kind of uh, do a caveat to this because there is one car that is a driver's car currently. Um. That is, uh, that is mid-engine all-wheel drive ish. I, 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 I do add the ish as a caveat. Um, and that's the, the new, uh, Acura NSX. Right, right. And it's, and it's higher price, but
0: mechanically similar sibling, the Porsche 918 Spyder.
1: Yes um yeah the 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 918 spider definitely would be a, very,
0: very similar a, kind.
1: a a very similar kind i think the the 918 spider would actually be a little bit quicker um but i think the nsx it's it, the reason why i say ish is because it's not mechanically a a mid-engine all-wheel drive mechanically it's a mid-engine rear-wheel drive um with two front electric drive motors driving the front wheels um so the the reality is is it's a mid-engine all-wheel drive um but mechanically i i guess if you want to get technical which (laughs) it's us um would be just mid-engine right. two-wheel
0: drive. Right, right. There's, there's no, there's no front half shafts or front drive shafts. Anything. There's no, you know, rods basically connecting the engine to the or transmission to the front wheels. That's what that's yeah. referring to. Right, and that's true of yeah. both cars. Right, and and the one of the one of the many things um that both of those companies did really well with their vehicles, and ex- I know Acura for a fact, is they didn't do the easy thing, which is put the drive motors. On the axles near, like, the brake rotors, they move them as far inboard as humanly possible. Yeah. To, to bring the weight towards the metal, which just helps grip and performance and pull a moment of inertia and everything that much more, right? So when you come around a corner, as you drive the rear wheels into the corner, then the front wheels are able to pull you out of the corner without having the back end step so far out that you end up, you know, say, in a ditch.
1: Yeah. Now, the one car that I think the, the the one thing that I think gives um that gives mid engine all wheel drive um a superiority over over uh the mid engine rear wheel drive is um as we've seen is um uh top speed production car records because when you're getting up to, well, what was 250 miles per hour, and that was the record. Now Bugatti's changed that quite considerably to 304. Holy crap. Um, the Giving them the confidence to be able to go that fast with all four wheels um, biting in is quite significant. So, right, Matt? Oh, it is. Yeah. I'm
0: a little bit distracted because I wanted to look into the Koenigsegg Agera RS, which set a GPS verified speed of 278 miles an hour on a public road with a one-way top speed of 285. In two thousand and seventeen, and that's a rear-wheel drive car.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, the I, I think the Koenigseggs are an outlier as far as that goes. <laughs> in, in in so many ways. <laughs> well, just, I mean, what 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 Christian's been able to do with with technology and so forth, because th- the reality is is that the vast majority of everybody out there is kind of doing a it, it, it's, it's the same dance to a different song. So, 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 so to Explain speak, that for more. so you have, let's say, let's take the, the Porsche 918 spider, the Ferrari, la Ferrari. um, and McLaren P1. Right. Yeah. The tram, yeah. Right. The 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 uh, I think they called it the Holy Trinity in uh in 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 Top Gear <laughs> slash Grand Tour speak. Um, all three of those basically did the same thing. Now I'm going to give a second for the collective screaming at your radio to calm down for a second. Yes, they did go at it at completely different ways. Where the 918 um is an all-wheel drive and the LaFerrari and the P1 are both uh rear-wheel drives um and I believe the you know the the la Ferraris. um I believe the La Ferrari is the only one of them that can't drive in pure electric. Am I correct in that I think okay. you are uh, that would be a
0: very Italian thing to do to basically say, what is the point of having this car drive in electric?"
1: It's, yeah and and, and the 918 yeah. is an actual plug is and, and the 918 spider i believe is an actual plug-in hybrid it, it doesn't get very miles but there you go
0: but 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 then you can and you actually what what is what is the, the you don't have to pay the congestion tax in london right? yeah because it's because of how, how much electric range it has or something like that um But real quick, yeah, and then the motivation factor, right? I mean, the LaFerrari is a V12 hybrid, and then the McLaren and the Porsche are both V8 hybrids, and yet somehow the 918 has the lowest 0 to 60, probably because it's all-wheel drive. Yes.
1: Well, it's very, very... I mean, even with tire technology, which I think when, when, when people look at the advancements in automotive in the last 20 years, I think tire technology has been so... Overlooked, um, and and it's and the huge. fact that the 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 number and and they've actually shown that a couple of cars, that older cars. Uh, I think uh, what was it? Car and Driver did the uh, the the new Civic Si versus the old Civic Si uh, comparison, mm-hmm. and yeah. one of the things that they one of the, uh, yeah, and, the, and the, one of the things that they talked about was the fact that. The old SI, if you had put better brakes and also better new tires on it, the the, 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 the skid pad, uh, the, the lateral acceleration uh, skid pad results would have been a lot closer than what they were.
0: Right. And yeah. we don't want to get off on a tangent too much, but I just want to close it out by saying that the the ge- the general thing they've been saying about uh, like the 911, for example, right, which is notorious, especially when you up the horsepower for putting you into a tree when the back end swings around is that when you put modern rubber on it, that car becomes as docile as a kitten. And it's still just as fast yeah. as it ever was. Um, so, so, okay. So, mid- so on the mid engine all wheel drives, right. So we've got all these cars to choose from. You know, we've got different ways of achieving this performance, whether it's mechanical or electrical. I'm a big fan of the electrical, by the way. But um, it's it is a fascinating little category. And should we go ahead and talk about weight distribution? Is that are we there? Uh, I mean,
1: we can. Um, I mean, you know, there's no reason to get. I mean, it's it's having having the weight in the center, and then spreading the power out allows you to be able to have a, a more, um, you know, like, like a 45 65 weight bias, uh, which, uh, that would be 35 65. Sorry. 45 55. I can do my, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 45 55, uh, rear weight bias, which gives you just slightly rear, uh, weight bias because, Mid-engine all-wheel drive, if you have a 50-50 weight bias, um, it will actually understeer, um, as we've seen many, many times, you know, on test tracks and so forth. Um, And anybody who's ever played uh, Gran Turismo, (laughs) uh, like I have for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, uh, you know, you, you have to give it a slight rear weight bias just so that the, the back end, you, you get the ever so slight pendulum effect and kind of rotate that back end around to kind of make it more of a neutral handling.
0: Yeah, and in fact, the NSX is almost 60-40. Yeah. Um, similar to the, uh, the old Toyota MR2.
1: Which, re- remarkably, the old MR2, especially one with a supercharger, um, was quite quick. Uh, you know, they uh, people using that yeah, out of the box. Well, but I yes. mean, as far as you know, for for what it was, and in and in its age, um, especially. Yeah, in it's, yes. its time. Sorry. Yeah, um, and especially if you compare it to, you know, the only real other vehicle you can, and that's the Pontiac Fiero. Handling wise, <laughs> um, you know, handling wise, yes. the, the the MR2 handled better. It's just the Fiero had far more horsepower. So the Fiero was faster. So.
0: Right. The car that time had thankfully forgotten. I like, I like um, for the most part. So. <laughs> of course you do. Because you're from Central Florida. Um, so. <laughs> so good.
1: Yeah. So it's, yeah.
0: But the, Lam- the Lambos are all-wheel drive, right? And and the big part of the reason for the Lambos being all-wheel drive is, is essentially to expand on what I said before about the Aventador is that Lamborghini audience. And when you build a car that basically looks like it's made out of an erector set because it's entirely made up of po- polygons, and most of those are hexagons, distorted in some way or another, you have a car that begs to be looked at. And when you have a car that begs to be looked at, you're going to attract a certain buyer. And I'm going to go out on a, on a limb and I'm going to call that buyer the Instabro. And Instabros love Lambos, especially when they wrap them in gold foil. Oh. And, and the yeah. like.
1: I, I, I'd so have to say, to pr- hold on, I, then, I have to interrupt real quick. I, I'd have to say that there are yeah. really two different Lamborghini owners out there. That's true. And That's they true. are diamond proposed. <laughs> that's very right, true. Can continue. Yeah.
0: So so wait. So the the Insta bros get all the attention because that's what they're looking for and so they get it because they know how to make it happen. Right. And then there are the guys and there's a guy on the East Coast and his his YouTube channel and his sort of username is M3, doctor M M3. three. And at the moment he has two or three Lamborghinis and he's an honest to God driver. He bought the ones that drive the best. He, you know, he goes out there, he canes them once in a while. You know, he's actually making these things work and he gets the thrill out of them, right? So, like Zach said, polar opposite of Instabro. But the Instabro is what everyone knows. And frankly, like I said, when you have a car made of made entirely of you know, made out of an erector set, or for you young kids, basically made out of hard, sharp edges you're going to attract that kind of crowd and so you have to have cars that appeal to both crowds right in terms of the handling they have to be solid enough that when Instabro takes his car out a car out on cold tires and tries to you know wail around a corner on wet concrete he doesn't end up you know smashing the back end of it into a telephone pole so all-wheel drive yes
1: but and i'm going to throw this out there i think that Cause I, Cause I, I, I saw, I saw an Aventador SV just the other day, in a very bright green color. And oh
0: yeah, uh, Kermit Kermit uh, green, great color. Is it actually
1: no? They didn't call it actual Kermit green, do they? Or you just call it Kermit green?
0: No, that's 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 the colloquial name for it. But everyone knows okay. that's the name. Anyways, the
1: land. so. And it is such a, a it, it's it's designed for posters, and it's just amazing. Oh, I mean, I don't think I don't think there's a single car company out there who has made more, you know, poster on wall. Capable vehicles, Lamborghini. Hmm. I, 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 I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, the the fact, I mean, they they just they they evoke a such a res, response visually.
0: And and it goes all the way back to the Mira. It started with the Mira,
1: the first the first mid engine yeah, supercar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and you can and it. Even nowadays, and, and one of the things that I think a lot of people are complaining about nowadays is the fact that because of aerodynamic restrictions, because of crash test ratings and, and everything, it's made cars more bubbly, it's made cars more, uh, you know, with less window, that you can't really see out of it and stuff like that. But what it's also done is, is it's kind of taken away a lot of the the styling capability that that you used to have you know with pedestrian crash ratings right. and so yeah. on and so on but when you have something that is mid engine it gives you the freedom to be able to build stuff and and, and it always has i mean it gives you just this like, I saw a picture the other day, and and my oldest daughter um, looked at it and went, oh, my gosh, what is that? And I'm like, that's a 1970s Pantera, <laughs> Di Tommaso Pantera. And she's like, oh, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, when it worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. That'd be great to look at. Yeah, but I – mean, no, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, so I mean, let's let's take this to an extreme example. Okay, let's take let's take the compact crossover, right? So we don't need to name names, but they all pretty much look the same. I mean, you know, you obviously you've got you know, Chrome and you've got you know bits and bobs here and there, but they're all basically a a two box shape on on wheels with about eight inches of ground clearance. You know, they've all got a four cylinder engine. Blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. But you take a mid-engine car with two seats. That's your that's your criterion, right? Every, nothing else matters. Everything yeah. else is up for grabs. And you have cars as diverse as the Alfa Romeo 4C. Yep. The, the Ford GT, the V6 twin turbo. Yeah. Now, the NSX does look, look somewhat like the Audi R8. I'm not going to argue that. They're not that dissimilar. But that's still visually, if just okay. Let's take the F, um, the uh, Ferrari F8 Tributo. I It was one what of those beautiful car. Right. What a diverse range, and I've only named five cars, ish. Um, that's yeah. really cool. That's that's exciting. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you think you know. If you think that your Corolla is the best thing in the world because it costs you a hundred bucks a year in maintenance, yeah. you look at a car like that and say that's exciting.
1: Well, I mean, and 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 kind of getting back to you know the fact that you know with this particular podcast we are discussing the all-wheel drive version of it. Um, you know, you you're able to now with the all-wheel drive. And even you know, and even the rear-wheel drive, you're able to um, kind of play around with the aerodynamics. I mean, you have the mm-hmm. you know the the P- Pagani Huayra that has all this active aerodynamic stuff that is is just amazing. Um, you know, in and- keeping.
0: The, uh, the the on evening is the same stuff and the, and
1: the Lambo SVJ. Go yeah, ahead. the
0: exactly. Really I cool mean,
1: stuff. Yeah, yeah, the SVJ. I, I saw a Lamborghini SVJ, uh, an Aventador SVJ. What was it, Matt? I, I, I sent you the picture. It was like three months ago. Oh my God. Something like that. I didn't, it yeah, just I didn't put out. it on Instagram because it was, it was far enough away that it, it wouldn't have done its justice and stuff. But I mean, you know that's not something that you're gonna normally see in public and stuff, but yeah i mean it 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 was it was visually stunning and stuff, but you could see and and they've actually proven it you know going around you know tracks and stuff like that that it is definitely a very capable car and 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 using that you know the using the all-wheel drive capability and with the torque vectoring and and the splitting and the moving stuff around and the viscous clutches um you know that 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 you use with it and so forth um along with all the aerodynamic stuff and everything like that and the ability to use um all of the uh you know all all the the carbon fiber technology and so forth um which by the way I think Lamborghini is looking into using the the carbon fiber shell itself um as a possible uh i don't i don't think a battery but i think a capacitor
0: <coughs> which would just be that's, that's that's what the article on the new cion hybrid seemed yeah. to say so that's the way that the, the r d yeah. was heading um so let's 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 talk about torque vectoring for a minute because i think we've touched on it in the past but i don't feel like we've given it its full due and this is a great time to do that because torque vectoring and mid engine is you know and in, in, inseparable
1: well i yeah and and i think with i think when it comes to torque vectoring you do need to be more specific because there's true torque vectoring and then there's fakey torque vectoring <laughs> and right right yeah right, yeah crazy. so so when we say torque vectoring what we mean is is when when you're turning the car at high speeds around a corner it high speeds necessarily but 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 enough you know you're not in a parking lot so taking the car around a corner it's able to send some amount of the power more rear biased and of that power it's able to send that power to one of the wheels either 100% of that or, or a certain percentage of, of that of that rear bias power to wheels to help push you around the corner
0: the, the outside wheel it, yeah, goes yeah, always, it goes always goes, to the, goes to the
1: outside wheel now there's a that's a very complicated and expensive rnd to 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 do and also to get right because it has to you know it, it has to vary the viscous clutches and so forth and so on. In order to achieve that, um, there's, a, there's a cheating way to do it, kind of a faky uh, torque vectoring, and that is to apply brake pressure on one of the in, or the, the inside rear wheel um, or even some on the front, but, but most likely on the inside rear wheel, to kind of pull it in instead of pushing it around. The problem with that is, is that one, you're going to go through breaks like you wouldn't freaking believe. Um, But two, it actually slows you down. And when you're, especially like if you're trying to get, you know, if you're doing lap times or something like that, you want it to be able to power out of that corner. And when you know when when a break is you know it, when when a break is breaking it's it's slowing you down it's just, it's robbing some of that momentum
0: right right so to then to take that to its logical extremist, and and Zach makes a really great example is what's come around since ah uh, well, the call of the past few years yeah. is torque factoring with a hybrid to the front wheels where, because as most of the world knows, when you, when you apply the brakes in a hybrid vehicle and you're, and you don't panic stop, it's the motor's turning backward to send energy back into the battery, right? That's your, your regenerative yeah, a, braking polarity, system. Yeah. So exactly right. So what the, what the front wheel Brake vectoring does on the NSX, and I believe on, I'm pretty sure on the on the Porsche as well, is around that same, let's say, let's just say left-hand corner, right? It's going to be braking or pull or actually reverse, sending the energy back into the battery on the left side, and then overpowering and sending extra energy to the right side to pull you around that corner even more to give you more precise yeah. track, and. In high-speed maneuvers, essentially, you're almost shortening the wheelbase in a way because of how it's pulling the car around as you turn the steering wheel one way or the other. You know, so like on an autocross course, for example, right around cones, essentially you're almost dragging the vehicle by its front end, more or less, the way it just sort of carves through the corners.
1: Yeah, yeah but Power they're doing it I in know. a very efficient way. Um, right.
0: Electricity is almost instantaneous going to one wheel. Yeah. Well,
1: because you're not you're not slowing the car down when you're doing that. You're you're in in a way that only Honda can do. Um, they're they're pivoting the the physics, so they're shifting the physics from from one side to the other. So you're speeding up a wheel and you're slowing down a wheel at the exact same time. And that's causing it to just shift. And so that's why you're able to get all of that handling. I think one of the, one of the best reviews I ever saw on the, on the Acura NSX uh, has to be Jay Leno's. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's, it's amazing to me how how almost i mean he, he's almost a renaissance man in a way because here he is this extremely funny comedian he's a an amazing interviewer um you know i i, I don't seeing interviews with him and stuff like that i i don't think he i don't think he gives himself enough credit um, as as a as an interviewer in the light of Johnny Carson, because um, everybody always like, oh, Johnny was you know the best and everything. He can just make you feel comfortable and stuff like that. Jay Leno wasn't. He he wasn't a, he he's an awesome interviewer, um, but also just an absolute, just a, a, almost a historian for the automotive industry. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and his, his ability to, you know, even though he's not, he's not a racer himself, you know, and he doesn't actively race or anything like that. Um, he knows his way around a chassis. He knows, you know, you know, racing cars and stuff like that, you know, what they're supposed to do and stuff. And I remember his reaction to the NSX of, you know, I've got to get me one of these, (laughs) you know, and, and he did. Um, But uh, just going off on Jay Leno's just super fast. Um, There was a car that he got and I cannot remember what it was, but he was having a special suspension put on and they, they, they had one of the, one of these engineers or, yeah, one of these engineers from uh, from the from the company go out to be on camera to talk about you know the suspension stuff and everything like that, and and the look on the guy's face when when he's first talking to Jay, um, you can definitely tell that he's like, all right, you know, I need to kind of dumb this down for this guy. You know, he's he's a celebrity. You can tell he's probably dealt with other celebrities before and stuff like that and uh and what was interesting was is he's explaining things to jay because jay's asking him questions about stuff about you know about the suspension and setup and so forth and and this guy is being very kind of generic about everything and then jay goes and and, and I, I i i may get this wrong but i think i'm i think i'm pretty close And jay goes huh well how did you handle um how did you handle switching to this geometry, and having it not affect the uh, the negative camber? <laughs> and you could see the guy was taken aback for about two seconds, where all of a sudden he goes, "Oh crap! This guy knows what he's talking about," <laughs> you know. And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, 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 we we did that with this and this and this and this and this." And Jay's like. Oh yeah, 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 I can definitely see that working. And you can see the look on his face of like, yeah, Jay's picturing this in his mind of how this actually functions. And it was it was amazing. Anyways.
0: Oh, that's great. I would I would have loved to see Jay uh sit down with like a civic type bar and go over with the guys how they got it how they got rid of Torx gear. That is yeah. In the front yeah. wheel drive. But,
1: to- but I mean going back to our subject, you know, I, I think you know the the epitome of performance for, I guess, the average person, um, you know, the, if you're going to pick a drivetrain layout that is the most usable power and performance for the most average of person I think mid-engine all-wheel drive is probably the best. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the car that'll make you feel like a superhero. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And give you the ability to make a car that looks like a superhero. And you know, and
0: uh, how do I put this? It's 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 not like it's 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 a bigger safety net, yeah. basically. So, because of the inherent advantages in the system, if it's done correctly, if it's done even moderately correctly, you have a much bigger safety net. The car, what's, what's the phrase? The car won't come out and bite you. Yeah. Right. You overcook a corner, you, whatever it may be, you know, you break mid-corner or something stupid like that. The car, which not every corner, but bear with me. The car's gonna sort of figure it out and correct itself and it's it's everything's gonna be mostly okay in most situations, yeah. right? You know, everything's spinning if you try hard enough. But but you're absolutely right. I mean it's it's a great way if you have a lot of money and not a lot of skill, it's a great way to go. Yeah,
1: there you go. Two guys who are constantly you know, and broke then you can spend giving advice for- to people with more money than cents. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Although personally,
0: if you gave me two hundred grand and told me I had to I had to buy one car and it could and it couldn't have more than two doors, I'd uh I'd take a hard long look at the NSX.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two hundred thousand? Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, I'd also take a good look at the Maserati Gran Turismo, but that's mostly because it's the last Italian-made naturally aspirated V eight in the world. So, yeah, but and you you have some good money left over for maintenance.
1: You better. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, it's also not the best. Here's here's my thing. I've I've been asked this, you know, as as Zach, the car guy, and and as a car salesman, just in my in my my day life. You know, if you had all the money in the world, what would be your daily driver? And I still say to this day, it's, it's a Honda Accord Touring because you have, you know, it's, it's not going to spend any time in the shop. I'm going to get decent gas mileage in the mid twenties. It'll have enough get up and go, you know, to kind of give a little bit of fizz to it. Um, it's stupidly comfortable. It's, you know, you know, and, and even though there's, you know, faster cars and more powerful cars and all of this type of stuff, you know, you just stick with what's comfortable. So I think, I think going with the Acura NSX is a very, very good investment because I think it's the only, I think it's the only all mid-engine all-wheel drive vehicle that you could put 150,000 miles on it with not a single issue ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to see someone do that. I'd also love to see what happens if you do that in a 918 just given porsche's storied history but but i think you're absolutely right um it would it would be very interesting to see what happens um yeah the whole the whole thing is really kind of it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch i think there's very little argument at this point that the way forward is electric motors in the front electric assist to the engine and the engine behind the driver.
1: I think electric, I I think I I like the idea of people playing around with electric in different forms and fashions and so forth. Um, And, um, and the fact that before weight was your, you know, weight was your enemy and everybody wanted to try to stay around you know, originally they wanted to stay as close to 2,000 pounds as possible. Now it's 3,000 pounds as possible. But, you know, now with electrification and the fact that you have just instantaneous torque and, you know, and you've got, who who, who announced that they had a car that they were planning on building that had 2,000 horsepower with quad electric motors and stuff like that?
0: Oh well, um, the the was supposed to be something closer to two thousand horsepower, but there's uh, yeah, there's a new a new
1: thing. Uh, I can't think it was yeah. called either Anyways, at the moment. But, yeah, it, but, um, but but I mean, you know, it, electrification is just it's the only way to do that, and but it's it's able to overcome that that kind of weight uh, restriction. just because to the fact that so much power uh,
0: yeah i will i will edit that a little bit and i would say overcome maybe too strong a word it definitely goes a long way towards justifying the extra yeah. weight in a lot of cases you know you there are cars now, there's there was some hybrid i saw it was something oh the new toyota century yeah mm-hmm. Which most people haven't heard of, right? It's a five-liter V8 hybrid. It's people glibly call it the Rolls Royce of Japan. It's not actually, but it's that's the closest analog I can think of. But it t- it tips the scales at six thousand pounds, and it only holds four people. Yeah. But so it can get a little extreme right with all the with the hybridization all that stuff but that is the way we seem to be heading i mean i don't what is the the model x now is over 5000 you know dry just without any people in yeah. there or stuff so it's they've they've got to make the batteries smaller and lighter and you know and as that happens it's going to make everything so much easier wow. and i love the supercapacitor in, in the on, that's going to be really fun to watch it's well CO-
1: not only that high. but i think um you know, if, if Lamborghini is able to use the carbon fiber as, as the capacitor and you're able to kind of integrate that into the vehicle structure itself. I mean, I I that's fantastic. Yeah. That's That's absolutely exciting. exciting. So, yeah. So I think, what do you think, Matt?
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: vroom vroom Matt